0: Taylor Walker from the Albay Crows and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. That's Brad Everett from the Port Adelaide Football Club and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello friends, MJ from Coaches Panel. Hope you're well something special for you this week. In part because I am live on the Gold Coast this week that is my job. And uh, thought, look, uh, the difficulty for us is it's always kind of hard to get all the members of the panel kind of um, all together and even more difficult when I'm out and about. So I uh, thought rather for this podcast episode than trying some weird kind of technological mindset, flipsy uh, we'd be doing this uh, live via Facebook having a chat, Uh, plenty of things I want to get through and talk to you about. Of course, none of the other panel members can't jump in. Hello, Christian, nice to have you on board. Uh, So if you are listening to this via uh, Spotify or iTunes, uh, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. It sounds a little bit different. It's because... Uh, For those of you that are watching this live via Facebook, we are live on the Gold Coast in this episode, interactive, uh, meaning you can get on board. If you are live right now, you can throw your questions in. I'm happy to do the very, very best I can to answer your questions live in real time. Well, I also think there's um, kind of three really big talking points this week. I want to make sure we spend some time addressing and processing through. Of course, if you are on this live, there's some uh, some polls you'd be able to get involved in as well. But um, look, I, I think there's three really big talking points while people are jumping on board on this Facebook live chat. I think there's three really big conversations we need to have, of course. Every team's unique, every team's different. Um, everyone's got 30 different variances in their site. And so every site has a different priority. But I think there's three things that I, I really wanna spend some time on. And of course, if you are throwing questions in live, don't you worry, even if I don't get to them straight away, I'll absolutely get to them for you. Um, I might as well go for Christian. Uh, has thrown in a question. It is Why doesn't anyone like Stocker as an option for Supercoach? Hey, it's a great question, man. In fact, um, depending on when you're choosing to consume this content, you might be able to even go to coachespanel.tv and check out the break even there of Liam Stocker. I think what people's hesitancy with Liam Stocker is in terms of selecting him, it is probably around how he worked his way into the side. You know, I know he's had some injuries and working his fitness base through there, um, but it's been around um, Nick Newman and Cade Simpson both being out injured. And he's playing um, not their role specifically per se, but he's had an opportunity to come to play for Carlton in the seniors, in the defensive back line, in part because of, the moving of the injuries for newman and simpson both look like they'll be returning within the next week or two and so what's probably putting people off christian to try and answer your question is probably very much around the fact that there's no guarantee that we're going to be able to getting from now right up until at the end of the multi-buyer round to be able to make the trade worth it in terms of the cash generation he's going to bring for us. He's got, I don't think he's got um, crash hot job security. There's not a heap of cash cows right now that do. I think Josh Corbett certainly is one, but you just know you're going to get some thirties and forties layered through there. So I think that's probably why some may not like him. Others may have different reasons, Um, but I think it would be a perceived, whether it's real or not, um, lack of job security moving forward because of how he got his way into the side due to some forced injuries. Now, Everyone may have a different reason to that. Um, he may be um, the reason you need to get him rightly or wrongly is, is to get the upgrade you need this week because you want to jump on a Dunkley who, who's on fire. You want to get a, a bottomed-out Heath Shaw or a Devon Smith or, or someone like this, and we can talk about these players a, a little bit later on, but that could be the reason you do consider a stocker. Again, whether it's the right option longer term or not is a different conversation. But if he's named, I could see a lot of coaches, rightly or wrongly, going for someone like a stocker on the bubble in super coaching Dream Team, getting him because that cash generation gets it there. So um, whether or not he has long-term job security, doesn't I don't like his scoring ceiling at all anyway. um, He's not someone that I feel really confident I'm going to get a 50 out of uh, week in week out and um, look everyone's different. They build and plan and strategize the game differently. Um, I'm not a massive stocker fan. The good thing is for coaches at this point in time um, yes Carlton do need to give him games but what I think is a great thing for coaches this week is yes you should have a plan A but you should have um, multiple options of what could or may not unfold um, during the week. We may get a cash cow. We may see a North or a Buley debut for us this week. Well, wouldn't that be um, a perfect time to see these guys coming in? And remembering we're just a couple of weeks away from the mid-season draft. We're going to get some guys that, unless they've just come off an AFL this last year, that, that are more than likely going to be at a basement price. And depending on the size and who gets picked and who where they go, um, we could actually get a whole bunch of new cash cows um, kind of coming in out of nowhere, and, and that's really an exciting new thing for fantasy coaches and for the AFL to kind of navigate. So, look, I'm not a massive Stocker fan. I haven't seen enough to suggest that he's a, a really great cash cow option, but again, others need that cash this week. Others feel like they need that trade, but I just don't trust his ceiling. But I think one of the big talking points this week for coaches, and we did allude to it last week on the podcast with Rain Man, but it is around Sam Walker. We do need to have that conversation again as much as you're like no i had a plan i i I was going to move him on anyway the the fact is over the past three weeks his scoring has slowed um and he is now starting to leak valuable funds and in a year where cash generation there there is two thoughts around this in a year where cash generation feels like um it's one of the more difficult in recent seasons um every thousand dollars does matter. I don't know if you've ever had that moment as a fantasy coach where you've got this plan and this strategy of I'm going to make this trade in um, this round and then in two rounds time I'm going to do this and I'm going to make that in a week later. I'm we always thinking, oh, what does a $1,000 matter? What does $5,000 matter? But have you ever found yourself in that moment of time where you're just like $300 short or $1,500 short from your ideal plan and then all of a sudden it, it just has this cascading impact upon your side? And so um, he's done. You can build the case. Sam Walsh has done his job. He's like $100,000, hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars to a Zach Marron. He's hundred thousand dollars to an Elliot Yo. Um, for for example, again, every format's a little bit varianced in in the price through there. So um, we'll look at the other side in a second. But but you can really strongly build the case that Sam Walsh has done not just what he needed to do for us. He's done more than what he's needed to do for us. Because for less than a $100 dollars and $150,000, again, depending on your target, you can pretty much go and get the premium in the line that you desperately need right now. Um, whether it be for buy structure, whether it be for fixture analysis, whether it be initial planning, Sam Walsh has done the job for you to get you to the ideal objective. Um, it, it, now, a couple of hundreds back to back, that's going to kickstart that cash generation all over again. Absolutely. Um, we've seen that before um, with cash cows this year and in previous seasons. So to say it's not going to happen um, it is certainly a, a really rich statement. But it's more than likely um, that he's going to drop depending on the format you play and what he scores over the next four to five weeks until he's by anywhere between thirty dollars to $50,000. Again, that depends on the scoring and the variances that kind of come through there. Um, so the question, I think the dilemma you face yourself is not just about the, the points on field that he's going to get you through the multi-buy rounds, but what's the benefit of, yes. Okay. So say you're going to get him over the next five weeks. Yep, and he gets 80 every week. Yep, great, add up those maths point that's fine, fair enough. But what if you bring a guy in into your forward line or into your midfield that's got a similar buy structure or even one round less, but he's going to outscore Walsh um, for 20 points over that same period of time? And so even if he has one game less... He still matches in for scores, um, and but you're saving yourself thirty, forty thousand dollars. So, so, so there's so many different um facets and angles to it, and, and it's unique for every single coach. The the approach you want to make. I, I know some coaches even last week where they went, no, nah, his buyout is um, is um, break even is attainable, but he's at his peak price. I'm going to maximize those funds now, um, and you, that would certainly be arguably the right case for some coaches. Uh, for others, this is the right week to trade him out based on their plans, based on their structures, it was not I'm gonna run into his buy no matter what, it was once he hits an unattainable break even and starts to look at looking at losing cash, I'm gonna move him on. Well, that's the plan. Maybe the plan for you was I'm gonna run him up to the buy around, and even if I lose 50,000 of what I could have ideally topped him out at peak price, that was your initial plan and strategy. You've got to reevaluate those plans. You've got to reevaluate those strategies. Now that we're eight rounds down through the season, you do need to reevaluate those plans and strategies through there for you. Um, but you can build a case for all of it, and and there's no right and wrong in one regards because it's about the end result at the end of the year. For some, um, in AFL fantasy, for example, last week would have thought, oh. Trading out Patrick Dangerfield, that, that's ridiculous. He hasn't been ruled out. Whereas if you traded him out to a Travis Boak, well, you'd be feeling pretty happy about yourself right now, wouldn't you? you you're like, oh, well, I made 20 points. So I'm going to get Danger, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 cheaper and I got the number one forward in the game. And, and so you'd feel like that's a win. Equally, if you held him and you got a 90-odd score from him, you'd feel like that's a win and didn't use a trade somewhere else. So uh, there's different ways of playing this game. And while there is a wrong in the end of the year result with hindsight to tell us, um, in the moment, there's so many different um, possibilities of how you can get there. Uh, I know coaches that had massive success last year um, and got very, very close to winning it um, overall rankings in all formats and didn't have Jackson McRae. I I know you're like, oh, how did they have such a great year? Well, they nailed everything else. And they wanted to get something different to set their side apart. And I do want to talk about that. Um, a, a little bit later on in this episode as well. Of course, if you're on this live, feel free to throw your questions in. I'd love to get to them um, as quickly um, as I can uh, during this episode, as we've seen from Christian. But uh, I think that you need to have a serious reconsideration with Sam. I'm not saying you have to trade him. What I am saying is, have you reevaluated your plans with him now? Um, have things changed? Have other premiums on on certain lines um got to such an irresistible price tag? That you need to make that move right now. We're seeing a, a forward that I, I really find it hard to say no to. You Devon know, Devin Smith. Like, I think it's like $100,000 in Supercoach from Matthew Parker to Devin Smith. Now, I know Devin's not firing on all cylinders. I know he's not scoring where we hoped. But can you really say no to Devin Smith at $350,000, give or take, in Supercoach? Coach? <laughs> feels like an absolute steal like imagine that is a worst case scenario f6 f7 like that's incredible value for you right there um And so maybe it's the opportunity to go and do that. Maybe it's the opportunity to get an Alex Witherden. Maybe there's a Josh Kelly in the midfield. Um, There's so many options. Elliot Yo is another one who who looks really great value um, across your formats at the moment if you believe he's going to keep doing what he's done the past few weeks. And so someone like a Sam Walsh, it's about re-evaluating what's the right thing for my side right now. And if after re-evaluation you realise now's the time to pull the trigger and trade him, Absolutely do that. Make that upgrade. Get that premium into your side and thank him because he's been one of the best cash cows we've ever had. Um, Equally, if you go, no, 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 the path that I was on was still what I need to do. It still feels like the correct avenue for me. That's okay. You've got to make the trades that are right for you and your team. It's not about, all well, somebody else told me to do this. Somebody else suggested I did that. I read this website. I asked this to expert. I did what MJ said. I did what this – it doesn't matter in the end of the day because you've got to make your own informed, educated decisions. So my encouragement is not you have to trade him or you have to keep him. My encouragement is reevaluate that decision now and do it in clear light today. day. And if it means you hold, if it means you trade, whatever you think is the right thing for your side – and I think that's the strategy you need to look at. So I think that's one of the big um, verdicts and decisions for coaches this week um, that they need to ponder, um, especially for those pursuing overall rankings um, and probably league coaches as well. You need to factor that in. Um, but I think that the dilemma for coaches about what you do with Sam Walsh um, is going to be a factor for your side this week. And, and so definitely would encourage you um, to ponder around that and uh, very much would love love to hear your thoughts um, on what you're going to be doing and how you're going to be getting there. Uh, before we get to the next point, Hayden wants to know, would Cam Poulsen be the worst supercoach player ever? Um, maybe not ever. He's, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't be trading him yet, um, that is for sure. Christian wants to know as well. I want lead, and you need a downgrade. I, I think, mate, what you need um, to be factoring in um, when it comes to your downgrades now is one: wait for teams. The the beauty of no Thursday night matchups for us again this week is we get that opportunity Thursday night to to kind of reevaluate with real data. And we may pick that up sometime during the day throughout Thursday where um, clubs and coaches may um, leak information of players. What we are going to start seeing um, probably from uh, in about two weeks' time and then for the rest of the year is sides that start to pull themselves out of finals contention um, are starting to, go to give kids opportunities to play uh, and play in, in key roles to see if they're going to make it or not, whether that be for list management reasons or just exposure opportunities. For kids. So keep an eye on those sides at the bottom of the ladder, whether it be with highly drafted players, young, That's where we're going to see some of that. Uh, In terms of potential downgrades um, right now, there's none um, that I look at and I'm like, oh, wow, they're incredible. They're amazing. I know for Patreons, um, and when you can become a part of our Patreon too at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel. If you love the content you're getting uh, through the podcast, through the videos, through the website, through social media, we'd love your support through that. But um, something we did talk about, we got a question about Josh Corbett. Um, And I think what Corbett has that not many cash cows do that are, you know at a cheapish price um is pretty strong job security he doesn't have great scoring ceiling um if you get anything over 40 in the week you just take it and run my friend um but he looks like he's got really strong job security so i think that's the positive um for you maybe christian that's going to help you go and get the lead that you want um if that's your target and it fits your plan and structures um then go and execute that you may not have the dual position but who knows we may get the cash cow um that we've been waiting for there are still plenty of them on the way um but it'll be interesting to see what happens um through there tj uh wants to know is mcrae still someone to bring in in dream team after round 12 some saying not 10 top 10 mid i think what we're seeing about jackson mcrae is kind of a pivot back to what we saw in 2016 and 2017 um and less so much in in last year and that is um, those monster ceilings, those 130-plus games, and even 120-plus games, um, Supercoach aside, because he had that last week, is we don't get the the monster-crazy, super-psycho captaincy games at least over the past month. Um, it has been really evident um, that um, Beveridge has made some adjustments. That's noticed in guys like Bontempelli spending a little bit more time forward, Liberatore's role changing. We've seen Dunkley spending a little bit more time in the midfield and he was anyway but as a predominant dominant midfielder and we're also seeing some of McRae's um, time on ground and also just a tiny tweak uh, into some of his um, role um, That what they've been doing so I still think um, McRae is someone to certainly consider after round 12 because what I do like about him is his scoring consistency if you don't have him you haven't paid him for him to be the 120 midfielder you're now paying for him as a one hundred one oh five 105 midfielder, and he's absolutely going to be that um, from here on to the end of the year. And and so I think, TJ, if you don't have him, I would still, I haven't seen anything to suggest I wouldn't be bringing in McRae. The only thing that's happened is over the past month, outside of Supercoach, and again, last week was a, 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 certainly a, a big 135. I think he got across that format, but he's not had a bad score. Um, he's just not going 150-160 on you. So, my encouragement TJ if he was still someone you were going to bring in round 13 I still think he's someone there um, if you wanted to but the key thing that you want to be looking at with your um, trade-in targets is one what's your plan what's your strategy what's your execution but then the second thing is What's setting your side apart, especially as you find yourself getting in contention or trying to force your way back into contention for overall rankings or to get into your league perspectives, is you do need to have something that sets your side apart. But perhaps you have the combinations um, like a Merritt, who's low ownership, a Sloan, who's relatively low ownership, or a Josh Kelly or a Gaff. Maybe you've got some of or two or three of them already then you could probably go and get a high ownership McRae and balance that out um, protect the potential damage that he could do and we know what he can do. But um, is he going to be a top 10 midfielder for the rest of the year? In, in all honesty, it doesn't matter um, if he's a top 10 midfielder for the year. What matters is, is he going to be a top 10 midfielder from now um, or, for, in your case, from round 13 onwards? What do you believe he's going to average for those final 10 weeks of the year? If you go, oh, I think he's a 110. I'm still really confident he's a 110, and at worst he's a 105. Go make that trade because you know what his ceiling can be. Um, but if you're like, oh, I think he's just the 95 to 103 guy, well, go and get a, a guy with low ownership that others don't have. Um, go and get a Liam Shields, you know, in terms of a crazy low ownership guy that could be huge, or a Ricky Henderson. Like, go and set your side apart. So, so those are the factors that you need to be kind of looking um, for you in there. Um, Jackson wants to know is it the right time hello Luke and Brenton that have joined on in on this episode by the way Jackson wants to know is it the right time to jump on Ryan would be trading Collins or wait for the buys I think Jackson the, the answer for you and for everybody else is Um, it is definitely time if you have not already uh, to factor in your buy structure and plans we're now entering into round nine we've got three weeks of, of full sides before we enter into the three week multi-buy period and so my encouragement for you jackson would be very much around is one are you playing for leagues or are you playing for rankings if you're playing for leagues and you're not playing during the multi-buy rounds doesn't matter it's then about nailing a guy at the right price in the right time but if it's about rankings then the multi buy structure does need to come into place for you. And if you're not playing through the multi buy rounds as a league, and so that would be my encouragement look at your side. What's your plan over these next six weeks? Because what your ideal is is to come out of the multi buy rounds. With pretty close to a completed side. Maybe you're still one trade away. Maybe we need a cash cow out of the blue to kind of get us there. But that's the objective, um, Jackson, you you, you want to be hitting it with. And so that would be my advice. Jordan has asked the question about how do I plan for the buys. Um, I I plan for what do I want my side to look like at the end of of the multi-buy rounds. What does my side look like right now as I enter into round nine? what are the planned moves in terms of premiums on the right price, buy structure, fixture to bring a guy in on the right week, not in a difficult week. You don't want to bring a guy, uh, for example, you don't want to bring in your beast midfielder coming up against De Boer or Hutchings. You're just asking for frustration. Nothing worse than upgrading to a premium and then giving a, a non-premium score, especially if um, – a little bit of forward thinking and fixture preparation can prove you know, can do it. We're always one moment away from an injury or one moment away from a role change. Just ask Angus Brayshaw about that. But that would be my encouragement to you, Jordan, is look at your side now. What do you want your side to look like at the end of that multi-buy period? Who are the players that need to go out? Who are the trading targets that you need to identify? And then work your way back through that. But to get through the multi-buy rounds, of course you want as many players on the field as possible. And while you want to get more than the 18, I always try to make sure that I I get as many premiums um, through as many weeks as possible. And the weeks where I'm low on premiums, that's where I've got as many um, possible other players on ground and hope, you know, I steal a locker up 80 or 90 um, out of of nowhere to kind of get me through there. So um, that, again... It depends on your objective, depends on what your team looks like. But I always look at team right now, team on what in six weeks, who are the players that I want to make moves over this six-week period of time, build plans, identify cash cows, identify the right weeks to make those executions, and then absolutely work your way from there. Uh, I think the second thing I want to talk about, and we'll get to some more questions in just a little moment, um, is probably around is do we trust premiums? that are delivering low scores for us right now. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple um, of examples that guys that started the year where you're, you're paying premium dollar for them um, and now are not priced at that and not scoring like that. I'd suggest maybe a, a Devon Smith, the dream team and fantasy. Um, he was a premium in some regards in SuperCoach last year, but um, uh, and I think he's still a very good option, by the way, given his price point that's, you know, 100 grand from Parker to Devon. But um, guys like Devon, guys like Heath Shaw, are they worth going to trade in? These underperforming premiums, are they worth trading in or am I just asking for trouble? Maybe you'd even throw an Isaac Heaney in, into the mix of that. Um, maybe you'd even think of an Angus Brayshaw. You'd throw into the mix of that. I think what that... Um, before you answer that question um, in terms of do we trust premiums that have lost a lot of money um, the question I ask myself rightly or wrongly um, is around why are they not performing Um, what is it about their season that has caused them to not score well is it an injury and in say, Isaac Heaney's case it's been really heavily documented um, that he's carrying an ankle injury and so we know as owners or non owners, <coughs> excuse me, that he's carrying something that's stopping him from going at full function. So we know that. Devin Smith, you, you could build a case, is a little bit of injury, um, and given the fact that he's missed a game, by a full game, and part of a game through injury. Um, but I think you could also say, well, it's a, it's a little bit role related. Um, he had plenty of tackles on the weekend, like oh, still like 10 tackles with a score of 70. But we're not seeing Devon as much and as consistently through the midfield, whether that be because of a Dylan Shields arrival or something else. Um, or is age catching up to them? So is it injury that's causing the scoring dip and that's why they're cheap? Is it a role that's changed for them or within the side, an addition that's forced a thing? Or is it they're just coming to the end of their relative? relevance? Um, All of those are massive factors. But then I think another variable that comes into play is um, can you always afford to go and get the big guy at the top dollar every time? The answer is no. You can't do that either. Um, What I'm always wanting to be looking for as a fantasy coach is selling my cash cows at a premium price or as close to as I can to maximize cash generation and picking up premiums or guys that I believe will score like premiums um, at their lowest possible end. And I think guys like Shaw, Heaney, um, Smith, uh, and maybe even to an extent Brayshaw, um, all could be potential viable trade-in targets. Even a a Lockie Whitfield, we know he's going to be cheap in a couple of weeks because of an injury. Um, and, And so it's about identifying these guys. Why are they cheaper now? What's caused the price dip um and then so someone like a devon smith let, let's pick him in super Coach. We've, we've alluded to him a couple of times this episode already it's 100 grand in SuperCoach from parker to devon smith uh, what's what's a good score average from now for the end of the year from matthew parker again it's it, it, maybe it's too oversimplified, to but maybe a 60 average yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, what's the ideal target you're wanting to be going for? You're probably wanting a, a forward premium that's going to go 90 in Supercoach from now to the end of the year. But that's probably going to cost you another 200000 maybe 250 dollars um, between his current price and the ideal target. For only $100,000, you're getting a guy who you know can pump out tons, good-sized tons. Um but also deliver you a potential average of eighty, eighty-five, but for only a hundred thousand dollars. What's the worst-case scenario you get out of Devin Smith? You get an eighty odd average, and he drifts to your F-nine. That's that's like that really is your worst-case scenario with Devin Smith. Okay, granted, maybe it's injuries and in another trade. But in terms of a fully playing from now on for the rest of the year, like you could build a case that, barring injury, Devin Smith should be an eighty, eighty-five super coach player. Yeah. So isn't that worth hundred grand? Even with some question marks about it, you know, some juggling of role, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I think you need to factor those things in. Yes, we want to get the big premiums. Yes, we want to own those guys that are absolutely on fire. But there's some crazy value out there at the moment. Alex Witherden has arguably had a slow start to the year, but his fixture really opens up soon, and his price is really irresistible. Heath Shaw's another. We saw a great score from him over the weekend. Um, And so look for these guys, I've just handpicked a couple of names, but there's others and maybe better options um, potentially through there as well. Look at these fallen premiums, identify why have they fallen in price? Is it role? Is it an injury that's impacted their score? Is it a combination of both? Um, is their fantasy relevance changed? Something in the coaching dynamic changed this year. Have they just had a really difficult fixture run to start the year? And as such, they've not been able to get their game going from a fantasy perspective as much as they like. That's what great coaches do, is they identify these guys that are cheap and they jump on them and they run them and absolutely go for them because there's some ripping value in every format. No matter what you play, there is some incredible value. And astute coaches, my encouragement for you is identify those guys. Don't always have to pay that premium dollar um, because you could save 200000 or 150000 and be able to invest that on another premium upgrade and get the exact same, if not a better, points per cash investment for you. That would just be my thoughts for you on that. Some other questions before we kind of look at what's the last kind of thing I see as one of the real big dilemmas or conversation points for the week um, through there um, is AJ wants to know, do I stick with Brayshaw in AFL fantasy? Hey, mate, it's a great question. I think there's there's always two approaches to AFL fantasy. um, And and depending on who you ask will have a different approach. Um, There's one approach, which is – You've obviously got him at the start of the year. You'd be really happy with his first month or so, probably the past three weeks, not so much. Um, But you just go, I'm going to stick fat, I'm going to trust that the role, and that's what it is with Grayshore. It is in a bit of form um, that his role kind of gears back into where we saw last year in the NAD challenge and at the start of the year and kind of hold it out and hope that there's an upturn. So for coaches that did that with Josh Dunkley over the past fortnight, Your patience has been rewarded, um, both in low ownership now but in big ceiling. Um, So there's that option. Or, AJ, there is the option to just trade him and get rid of him. Um, For example, in AFL Fantasy, a a trade I'm not opposed to um, could be a Brayshaw to a Rockcliffe. The scoring splits of Rockcliffe with Wines out of the side this year um, are pretty special. And, And he's got the next three weeks, their fixture, is pretty special. Um, we saw what Melbourne did in terms of scoring. Clayton Oliver, anybody? Contested ball winner, getting on the outside, getting some marks, tackling. Rocklift tick, tick, ticks those boxes, doesn't he? Adelaide Oval, great scoring history there this year. I wouldn't be opposed to that, potentially for you, but it's looking at your, the totality of your side, AJ. What's the right trade to get your team to get not just the maximum points on ground this week, but get you to a completed side as quickly as possible. And if that means you can do both of those objectives by moving Brayshaw on, absolutely go for that. Um, But if there are other ways to be able to get that, then maybe you could look at some other ones. Paul wants to know, one of our Patreons, mate, great supporter of the coaches panel. We appreciate you. If I'm cash strapped and I can't get to the premium I want, is it too late to stack? I think when cash cows um, like a Sydney stack that um, you're starting to now pay mid-price value for, I would suggest that there are better options out there for you. Um, and So, again, AFL Fantasy might be a different approach um, where you're looking for every week to generate cash. Um, that may be a bit more of an AFL fantasy trade. Um, potentially you're looking at moving on a failed mid-price option or a topped-out mid-pricer, and, and that's the way you get. Um, you know, you make $100,000. You hope you get a couple of 80s over the next few weeks. Uh, then that certainly is a way to play it in AFL fantasy. But in Dream Team him and supercoach. I think the boat has sailed um, for him and a number of other players, and, and I think it would be going through there. Nicholas Davis wants to know, is it worth getting stocker, mate? I answered that right at the start of this episode. So if you're tuning in live, just go back and check that out. Uh, if you're catching this back on replay on Spotify or iTunes, make sure you subscribe if you haven't done that already, by the way, um, then you'll get my answer through there and my thoughts on Liam Stocker. Thoughts from Craig, another great Patreon supporter of the coaches panel. Thoughts on Walsh to Duncan in Dream Team. Mate, it's unique, and I love the scoring ceiling about him. The only one, uh, two kind of flags I, I'd raise there for you. Uh, one, one, his two of his three weeks has been without Joel Selwood in the side. I know he's spending a lot more time off half back, getting a lot more uncontested ball, setting up the forward fifty thrust through there. So so that's just a thought. It's not a reason not to get him, but it's just a thought. And then the second, um, it is very much around your buy structure. If, if for both of those reasons you can tick that off easily, and absolutely do that because he's killing it at the moment, got low ownership, and we know historically he's a really consistent, durable, strong scoring option. So I absolutely like that um, plan through there. Absolutely. Um, Matt Taylor, thoughts on Walsh to Sloan. Um, a, a, again, um, I, I, I don't mind that, but it's the same question. It's around, hey, does your buy structure allow it? We haven't seen him get a tag yet yet this year, and we know that at some point that's gonna happen, so check that fixture analysis, identify those plans, and um, see how you go from there. Um, but at the moment, Rory Sloan's been a fantastic pick for coaches that having, and history says um, that unless he's tagged, he's um, a hugely fantasy-relevant player for us, um, and so if you believe he's not gonna get tagged, absolutely going for it. Uh, Rids is on, hello, mate, how are you? What's your favorite color? Um, rare yellow and black is that the answer you wanted to hear mate all right fair enough man uh michael um that's the weirdest comment i've ever seen i'm not going to read that out um which panelist is the best coach hey that is a great question um which panelist is the best coach well one of us has won a format it's not me um so so would you say would you say it's fish because he's the one that's won a format um but this i think the beauty of the coaches panel coaches is there's just some really strong consistent scoring coaches that are absolutely flying so uh, absolutely um Mate, I've never seen you have a bad year, um, and, and so that would be my thoughts around that. But gosh, fish is, is hard to top when he when he's won one of the formats. Hey, you've got very close a couple of times though, I know, mate, my friend. Tim's got close, Fox has got close, and a couple. Of times. So Benny and Camp all the Jimmy, all of you have done freaking amazing. So hey, hey, well done to you guys on that. Um, some questions are asking uh, about Smith. Um, at the time of recording, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so I'll need a little bit more information about that before I tell you my thoughts. And the great news for those of you watching this live, is you'll get real time reaction. For those of you checking this on um, Spotify and iTunes, um, you'll be able to answer that. Um, <laughs> uh, thoughts about Libbert, Brad? Hey, great question for you about that, man. I love that um, question. It, again, it's what was your initial plan? What's changed about that plan? And once you've made those re-evaluations, can he get you to the objective you need to? Um, has he done his job? What was your initial plan? What's changed? I no, his role's changed fairly dramatically. Um, but can you get Libba now to the midfielder you need or the defender you need or the forward you need using dual position um, trading? If it's the case and he's done his job, bless you, my brother, Tom Liberatore, on your way. Um, but it doesn't appear to be um, like he's going to be that 100 midfielder we hoped, like he started the year in coach with 90 guy we'd hoped um, in Dream Team and Fantasy. I, I definitely think I'd really consider looking at moving him on uh, if, if I hadn't already done so. Um, so I think there's some options kind of rolling through there. Um, and then depending who you are, what you're doing, the way you want it to work, um, there's a couple of, of, of players through there. But it uh, depends on the rest of your side. Uh, thoughts on going early on, Hateley, Botham, Sparrow, or Joyce, even if they aren't named? I think, Matthew, that's always dangerous. Um, when we're talking about going early on players, if you've gone early on Jackson Hately, with one exception, um, you, you nothing's happened for you. And so while you got some cash from that cash generation, he now as a trader is still not making money for you, and he's still not in that best twenty-two side. Now it may be different if he gets named this week, and you need to reevaluate. Another injury to that GWS midfield may reevaluate that. But personally, um, none of those four players. Do I have any confidence in their job security? Um, and the fact that um, I would not be trading in a guy of those four names, um, I just don't see them guaranteed to not just play this week or the week after the week after. And you probably already have some potential donuts sitting around through there. Maybe you've got Bird just rolling through. Um, you know, the, the, the dual position status is certainly a great win for you um, and that's handy. Um, I don't know if I'd be making that play, I'm um, just personally. Uh, yes, Rids is trolling on this. Feel free to get involved. Fire and Big Mal, another uh, Patreon supporter of the coaches. panel. Uh, feel free to just fire back at him. Um, Jordan wants to know, what are your trade plans this week? Uh, which rookies are you happy to play? Uh, two very good questions, mate. Uh, my trade plans in a really nice way. Um, I like to keep them really quiet. Um, but there's a reason for it, and I'll try to explain for you, Jordan. Um, I've played a game in, in my own personal way and style. I know if you've ever listened to Rids on, on the podcast as well, who's in the comments section of this live, um, and, and he plays the game in his own way and style. I know Fish does the same, and Kane, and Jimmy, and, and, and Fox, um, and Tim. All, all the members of the coaches play, play the game their own unique way and style. And rarely, rarely do you get out of any of us um, what our exact plans and trades and strategies are and and there's kind of twofold reason for that i'll I'll be really honest with you um in terms of why um it's not to be cagey it's not because we're trying to hide players for ourselves um it's not for either of those things it's one um we play the game the way we want to play the game that gives us the most enjoyment from the game um and for some people um a perception whether it's real or not is i the person i get fantasy advice from is doing this trade I should do that too. I'm not saying you do that, Jordan. I'm just saying the perception, rightly or wrongly, could be to do that. Um, and so we don't want to project. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And the major, big, caviated reason for why we don't um, is we never want the coaches panel to be about me or any of the other panelists members. We never want it to be about our teams. We never really talk too much about our rankings or our scores this week or our trades. Um, not because we're doing terribly in fact a number of the panel members are in contention in in most if not all of the formats a couple of top thousand um performances still happening again this year in multiple formats so many of the panel members are doing well but the reason we don't talk about it is because the coaches panel isn't about oh this is how we're doing um this is our scores um and so just letting you know rather the coaches panel we want it to be about um starting the conversation building great conversation as a fantasy community, looking at all the options, giving you all, all the information as best we can to empower you to make great decisions. And while for some, um, they want to share their thoughts of I'm doing this, I'm doing that, or this is my rank, or this is my score, that's fine. Absolutely no problem with that. am not going to judge or hate or do anything. It's just a philosophical thing that I've chosen and members of the coaches panel have chosen is we want to be about um, having a conversation with you and helping you and not so much talking about ourselves. Um, Jordan wants to know, will McCray remember he's meant to be this year's Titch? What the hell's going on there? Can, can we captain him again? I oh, certainly wouldn't be. Um, in Supercoach, I, I think so. I, I think so in Supercoach. In Dream Team or Fantasy, you probably want to see another 110, 120 out of there and see how you go from that. Um, hey, Jordan, man, appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, it's, I'm glad that's why you like the Coach Pal. I'm glad as one of our Facebook top fans Uh, You you enjoy the content we do every single week. All we want to do is be able to help you as a fantasy coach. Our job is to support, to encourage, to give you great information. Look at things from a different perspective. We know that everyone consumes numbers of different um, fantasy footy podcasts and websites um, and YouTube pieces of content. I'm not... Um, naive enough to think that people only ever consume our content. We know there's so much great content out there. We're just glad people choose to consume what we do and it adds value to the conversation of what they do with their fantasy football. So, no, we certainly appreciate what you guys love about the coaches panel and talking about that conversation. I think the last real big um, dilemma or a big talking point maybe more so than a dilemma before we wrap up this episode. And again, if you're tuning in uh, via iTunes and Spotify and you still have a question, you can get in touch with us via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and join the Patreon. i love to answer your questions. Of course, if you're in live, Facebook Live, my friend, throw that question down. I'd love to be able to answer it for you. Uh, I think the last one is sometimes going, sometimes going the popular option or the flavour of the week option, it is a bad approach. Uh, I, I think, and, and there's a couple of avenues of how you can understand that, but but I think one of the reasons I want to flag that is that, well, when someone's a flavour of the week, trade-in target or captaincy target, and again, it's about doing your own research, not following the crowd for the crowd's sake, and if you end up at the same uh, ultimate verdict, then that's fine. But when you follow the crowd, that's where your team is going to ultimately head as well if you're picking players just because everyone's picking them guess what your side's not going to have anything unique about it it's going to separate you from everybody else you've got to have a separation there um if you're doing it just because of everybody else guess what your results are going to follow everybody else now i'm not saying don't get unique guys for the sake of it just to be different i'm I'm not saying that what i'm saying is this is just because everybody else is doesn't mean you should Um, Prior to the job I have, I work in radio. That's why I normally have a face for radio. At least that's what my wife says. Um, It is, um, I used to be a youth worker um, and a youth counsellor and a a chaplain in high schools and things like that. And something I always used to tell um, teenagers all the time is just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. It just means everybody else is doing it. And you're going to get the same result as everybody else. And so rather than just follow the crowd like a sheep, um, choose your own determinate direction. Now, if the direction and the decisions and the research and the information you get tell you to, to do the same thing as everyone else, fine. It's absolutely fine. But if you're like, I'm doing this obvious. that's what everyone else is doing, stop being a sheep. That, that, there's no enjoyment in fantasy football like that. Put the work in. Put the research in. For example, last week, a real obvious choice of the captain was Brody Grundy especially in dream team and fantasy history suggested his Carlton were giving up the premium numbers to, to Ruckman. Um, and so you go, well, Grundy's a premium Ruckman and I'm going to go on that. But did you do it just because somebody else said to do it? Or did you do it because you did the research and the work to be able to do that? And then ended up at that same end result. Anyway, don't have that following mentality rather be a leader because if you want to have overall ranking success, Um, you're going to need to think above what the pack mentality is. And so if there's a flavour of the week trade, is it the best trade for you and your team? Possibly. But don't just follow the crowd. Do the research. Do the work. And if it turns to be the same, go for it. That's fine. But if it's just because everybody else is, in life and in fantasy footy, mate, you you ain't going to get ahead of anybody else. And it's certainly not worth doing it. Last couple of questions before I wrap up this episode. So, again, if you're watching live, get those questions in. I'd, I'd love to be able to answer your questions. Uh, Lynette, hello, Lynette. Nice to um, have you on this episode. Gaff is just a one word, just like Madonna. Gaff. Should you get him? I'm not opposed to it. I, I think the only reason you're not going for gaff, um, it's starting to get close to the buy round, so that's one factor. Have you is Can your buy structure handle it? And three, can you get the... Comparable score from a guy at a cheaper price. Elliot Yo is in the same team, same buy round, obviously, but a cheaper price. Um, and ownership numbers are a factor. Now, I just full disclosure again, like I've said before, we don't like talking about ourselves, but look, listen, I traded in Andrew Gaff in a couple of formats um, a few weeks ago, um, and, and have been rewarded so far. But I, but I did pay for a premium for him on that, and that was a, a risk I was prepared to take. That was my plan all along. I'd identified him, the fixture of a couple of weeks of when I wanted to bring him in. Once I knew that Gaff wasn't going to be impacted by any potential changes to rules, sides, and things like that. So I made that trade. So I think Lynette is still a very, very good option. He's got a massive ceiling about us. Um, and, and so I think he's a viable option. The question is, can you buy rounds and structure handle it? And can you find a comparable scorer at a cheaper price? And if your answers to that should be able to tell you whether or not he's the right option for you. Brad wants to know, is Cogs going to go back to the 110? Well, we saw sort him of spent a lot of time, mate, um, deep forward, not just um, last year in pockets, but this round just gone, and previous rounds, a lot of time forward. Um, and, and so the, the question is, is very fascinating for me, is what is Leon Cameron's forward structure looking like? Because Toby Green was playing. Um, we've seen Himmelberger and Jeremy Cameron. So so it wasn't like one of their big kind of structural forwards were out but rather it was looking for opportunities to, to generate scores because Finlayson was the only guy that looked damaging inside of forward 50 for them. Um, and so for me, is is Cornelio a 110 guy for the rest of the year? Um, look, for the year, maybe not. But from now to the end of the year, possibly. Again, we don't worry about their average right now. That, that's irrelevant if you don't own them. It's about what are they going to do from the moment you trade them in until the end of the year and that's what you've got to be factoring in. So it's not an easier 110 for the year. Couldn't care less. Is it easier 110 from now to the end of the year? Now you're asking the right question, and I'd consider that. Um, Brighton wants to know um, Brayshaw to Zerrett and Walsh to Dunks. Uh, Yeah, I think moving on, uh, Walsh um, is great. I think there's always going to be an element um, of of concern um, around um, Western Bulldogs midfielders, um, and their times through there. We've seen that ups and downs. Um, already this year with Josh Dunkley. But from a price point, the fact that the Dogs have won their past two games and probably looked the best they have all year, I'd be really surprised um, if Beveridge is going to make any drastic changes to Josh Dunkley over the past fortnight. So I think, again, if your buyer structure can afford it um, and it's the right move for your side, I don't mind that. Similar with Brayshaw to Zerritt, not sure I'd be doing that in Dream Team or Super Coach, um, but in AFL Fantasy, I'm not opposed to that trade. Just be careful. Again, maybe it's the buy structure that you're going from round 12 to round 12, so maybe that's what you're looking at. But perhaps you could look at maybe, um, again, without knowing your sides or your plans or your strategies through there, um, Brighton, perhaps you could look at a round 13 option to get that extra week of scoring in round 12 um, out of Brayshaw, um, and move that on to a round 13 guy to have you the ability to go back and get Zera, um, and after that week. Um, so that could be an option. So you get four scoring weeks over the next month rather than just three scoring weeks through the trade. Again, you may have already plans and strategies in place um, that mean that that's not going to work for you. But potentially that could be a better use of a trade for you to get another week of scoring from a premium in there and potentially a little bit more cash on the way. Um, hey, Leanne, you got Dunkley last week and it rewarded you. That is awesome. I'm so glad it went well for you. Um, there are lots of questions about McRae kit coming in, uh, you can go back and check out the episode um, at some point on, um, I still think um, at any point in time he could um, I, I, I've not seen anything about McRae that would change my plans um, if I didn't own him to not go and get him, now I own him in an old format so I'm just kind of fingers crossed those 120s return, we got one big score in Super Coach this week which was awesome but I think he's getting to the price point now where he's bottoming out in price. I mean, he's still scoring consistently. Um, if I didn't own him, I'd still be really. If that was the plan all along, I haven't seen anything as a reason to change not to get him. The only reason he wouldn't is you reckon you're going to go against him now, head to head. You're like he hasn't hurt me yet. I'm going to keep running that gauntlet and and trying to get a guy with unique ownership that's going to outscore him. Let me know how you're going, man. Jordan wants to know, you start with Steele and Dream Team and he's frustrating me. Um, should I hold on? He's just stopped tackling for some reason and tagging. isn't helping him. He is—he has the coolest name in the league. or oh, that's true. And I want him to be a success. But mate, there's some great questions um, kind of for you through there. I, I think the, the question with Steele is, is, what was your original plan with him? What makes it difficult um, is he comes off that first multi-buy round. And so it's not like you can run him up to around 13 or 14 buy round, cut your losses and move on. Um, And and so it really is a big dilemma for you through there. Um, I think it's the question of what were you expecting in terms of scoring and how far off is he? Um, And then considering that, processing that through. And then is there an option you can go and get um, that's bottoming out in price too as a midfielder um, that's from a buy round that may be able to fix some structure for uh, you there? Perhaps you've made some mistakes rightly or wrongly intended or unintended um, and maybe moving steel on goes and fix up your multi-buy round structure. Maybe it does. Maybe you've burnt through eight trades in Dream Team already I and mean, only made two upgrades and you can't afford to sideways trade. There's so many different variances through there, man. So it is always difficult to give you a clear-cut piece of advice. So rather what I'm saying is does trading him help your buy strategy or not? Does it fix an issue in your side or does it not? Is there a player that's you can still move him on to that you're really comfortable that's going to go 105 in Dream Team from now to the end of the year. Those are the questions you need to start considering and focusing through there. Unfortunately for you, it's not the first multi-buyer round, which really means it's probably got to get done this week or next. Craig wants to know another great Patreon supporter or the coaches panel. He wants a chance to pick up forward status in ultimate football your fantasy? <coughs> Again, excuse me for those of you on the podcast for that. In fact, for everybody. Where's my manners? Um, I think if there is a format, he's a like, chance to get I think it's more AFL fantasy than Ultimate Footy. Um, uh, While well, um, I would think what I've noticed um, over the past few years with Ultimate Footy has um, been that they don't just throw a guy in that's oh, gained a new position in terms of their spending 20 or 30% as an in season change. Rather, it's a radical, complete role change. Those are the ones that seem to be getting it now. Bond's still in the midfield a lot, um, so I, I'm not so sure in AFL in ultimate footy where he's getting as a predominant role change as a forward he's still spending enough time in the midfield. I think in AFL fantasy is a chance, um, instead of rather a dominant role change and a predominant role change. Um, they've talked a lot about that 30 35% rule, um, from champion data through AFL fantasy. And and so I I do think um, that that would be the process of conversation for me there. I think if he's more likely in one than the other, it's in AFL fantasy than Ultimate Footy. But look, at the end of this um, coming round of round nine, we're going to get another bunch of dual position guys and it'll be really fascinating to see who Ultimate Footy um, unveiled to us. Thankfully, at coachespanel.tv, you get that exclusive um, next Wednesday through there. Uh, Last couple of questions before we wrap it up. A will Heaney come good without Buddy? He's put up some poor scores, but also rumors of playing through a niggle. Surely a must hold. I think if um, um, you have Isaac Heaney, um, you've got to hold him. you just got to hold him. It's the, the, the cash has dropped. You've copped those bad scores. Remember at the start of the year when he had those first bad two weeks or three weeks and then he turned around two tons back to back. Do you remember that? Um, and if you held him through there, what, what was the feeling that you had? It was oh, gosh, I'm so glad I didn't compound the problem by trading him out because I would have missed those tons and I would have used the trade. Um, now, not only are you still factoring those things in, but um, he's now losing money for you. He's losing cash for you. So you're now not just trading him at premium to premium. You're trading him at premium and now having to spend money on top of him as well that you previously hadn't planned. If you're a heating owner, I would be encouraging you to hold. Um, we know in time he's he's going to come good. I think Menzel and Buddy both look like they're really close to playing. Um, that'll play, get rid of the um, need for him to play predominantly forward as a key marking target. And then it'll be about just his body's ability to let him play through the midfield. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a rest anytime soon. Um, and then from that point onwards, um, uh, we could still see him go nuts. I'll be honest, I'll put it this way. I don't own Heaney in any formats. But after his buy round, I'm going to find him deliciously tasty. an option to too good to pass on. Like we talked about earlier this episode, guys that are at their cheap price, premiums that are not performing like it, and you're getting them at a, at a cheap price, why are they not at that peak scoring price anymore? Why am I getting them so cheap? Asking those questions. For Heaney, we know it's a combination of two things. A need for a forward target without Buddy or Menzel. And the second is we know physically is not quite right. Once the first option goes, then it's just about when is the first sign of his body back to close to full health. Once I've got that, mate, I'm going to jump all onto that. Johnny Coombs, another top fan in Facebook. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, look, voice still not 100%, but as I've said to you a couple of times before, my friend, the show goes on. I want to make sure I give as much content. Um, as possible as I can. Anyway, in the mid-seaters and draft, that could get a game straight away or sometime soon. Brad, it's a real philosophical question um, for own, for coaches and for list managers. Um, and to be honest, I just don't know. Um, there are going to be some teams that look for an immediate top-up. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see what a what a Richmond do, um, for example, with Sean Green retiring. There's an opportunity through there. If they choose to put Alex Rance on a long-term injury list for the rest of the year, they'll get another opportunity through there, but there's spaces through there. DeCarlton Carlton identify someone um, with some long-term injuries? What do Adelaide do with Tom do- um, Dode out for the year? Do they go for an intercept defender? I'd suggest not, given how good Alex Keith is, but do they look for another ruck option, you know, to, to protect in case O'Brien goes down while well, Source isn't well? And so they may go for a development option, look to get a kid into their system and structures, um, or they may just go get some things. The answer may is, I just don't know. Supercoach question from Johnny Coombs. With those rookies or mid-prices that are hitting their break even, do we wait to the buy uh, and lose a little bit, or do we get them out if you can? Big um, dil- conversation for you, which we spent a lot of time, John, right at the start of this episode, which you can go back and check out. But in short, it is simply this, is there is no right or wrong on either. It's about what is the right strategy and plan for you. Um, Does that $30,000, will you need that in a month's time um, that you could potentially lose by holding them, a la a Walsh? It could be critical for you. Um, But also, that may be the plan all along and nothing's changed in your plans to do that. Um, So so there's neither a a wrong approaches right now. On the other side of the season, when you do a post-mortem of your year, which I do encourage you to do because it's going to help you with future seasons, it may be able to help you out through there. Um, But right now, I wouldn't be saying, yes, you've got to trade these guys out at their peak, but also I wouldn't be saying, no, you've got to hold them to their buy ramp. It's about looking at unique sides. What's the plans, what's the strategies, what's the execution that's going to get you there? I know that feels like a non-answer, but my encouragement to you, um, John, would be, okay, what do I want my side to look like at the end of the buys? And what are the trades I need to make? What are the cash cows that need to go? Who are the guys that need to come in? And what, how many trades is that going to cost me? And once you can identify those moves through there, that will give you the answer if this week is the right week to move on a guy or not. I think that's it because I've got a lot of questions coming through about Dunkley, and I've answered that probably at least six times. Hey, every single person that's been on here in this live chat, thank you so much um, from Facebook uh, for spending some time and doing it. Really appreciate Uh, the time and the conversations. For those of you tuning in on Spotify and iTunes, you've made it through 58 minutes of me answering questions and talking my thoughts through there. But still, the voice is not quite cherry ripe. I hope to be back to full health sometime in the next couple of weeks. But, look, I hope you have an incredible week this week. I hope everything goes your way. Your captain kills it. Your cash cow let goes your way. And, of course, all your uniques absolutely crush it. Have a fantastic week. I hope all goes well for you. If you haven't already subscribed uh, to this uh, channel uh, on iTunes and Spotify, you can certainly do that. Uh, if you haven't liked us on Facebook, if you're not following us on Twitter or Instagram, make sure you do that. And if you do love the content you're getting from the Coaches Panel, we would encourage you to consider becoming a supporter of the Coaches Panel and joining our Patreon army at patreon.com forward slash Coaches Panel, where there is plenty of exclusive content and access to members of the Coaches Panel. Hey, good luck this week. Hope it's your best week ever. And from me on the Gold Coast, I'll chat to you soon. Bye.